0: A lot of times when we look at other people and we think, God is doing it for them, but he's not doing it for me, we're thinking to ourselves, he's not going to be faithful to me. Oh, he's faithful to them. Translated somewhere along the way, you've built up a barrier of anger that's blocking you from truly believing that he'll come through for you in a specific way.
1: It's time now for the Autumn Mile show. Let's
0: go! Hey hey guys, it is your girl. Welcome to a brand new week of the Autumn Mile show. Love you guys so much. I love this week already and I haven't even started recording it. Ah, it's going to be good. I am obsessed with this passage of scripture that we have been in last week and now this week, and we will also be in it next week. I love finding a new passage of scripture that I have not mined yet. I love to get in there with my little hammers and my little chisel and say, Jesus, tell me what you why you put this passage of scripture in the Bible. There is nothing that brings me more joy or more excitement than doing just that. So do not, listen, even if you have to skip till after the break, I'm cool if you don't hear what's happening in my life. I want you to get this word in your bones. I want it to marinate in your whole body for the next week because this is a word worth meditating on welcome to the autumn mile show i love you guys so much you're amazing i am so grateful you know we have gotten uh, let me just praise you for a second you guys (laughs) the response of emails with testimonies and the response for questions that you guys have and just the response of hey love what you guys are doing um to our email and to our dms is just so encouraging thank you for i mean you know we have never not one time looked at our email and been like we don't have a question (laughs) because we have so many i talked to i had my production meeting uh, a little bit ago and i mean it's like autumn there's so many i don't know i just had to pick one out for you and so we're encouraged that you are engaging with this movement which is to spiritually challenge the way people think Thank you for engaging with this movement. You are amazing. I I feel like we're a family. We have been. Some of you guys have been following along since, you know, for years and years and years and I and I love that. Actually, our testimony today is from someone who's an OG. So shout out to all the OGs out there, love y'all. Also, just something to bring to mind is we're accepting donations. We've got a brand new, shiny little commercial um, that you guys are gonna start hearing. And I would just ask you to consider doing a reoccurring offering. We understand, you know, your ties need to go to the church, your ties need to go to the house of God. I totally get that. If you're between churches right now, <laughs> consider giving it to, to, to us. Uh, you know, we just need your financial support because uh, our production team ain't cheap. You know, the people on the team, we got to pay. We got bills to pay. So I would just encourage you to consider uh, giving if you can, if this ministry has inspired you. No pressure. But I do know that we have different people that listen to episodes. So if I didn't catch it last week, I'm going to catch it this week. Also, reach out to us on our social. So many of you guys have been engaging on our social and I I love it. There's been a lot of shares lately on what we're doing on social media. And I just want to say thank you for that. When it's like, you know, a video or a word or, you know, a podcast link that we've put up. I've been noticing that there's been a, a real uptick in shares. And let me just say thank you. Thank you for doing that, because that helps our ministry grow, and um, you are a direct reason that our ministry is going, you and of course, Jesus himself. I'm excited about this year. There's a lot, lots of new stuff that I'm working on. I'm actually in the middle of two huge projects right now. You just don't know it because I'm recording, which would be another project that I'm doing today. Lots of stuff going on behind the scenes, and man, I'm here for it. I love it. What is happening in my life? Well, okay, so this is what happened on Friday. I have told you that I was accepted to get my master's degree, you guys. And, you know, here's the thing. It's so exciting when something is brand new and fresh and like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you actually... Are allowing me to do this. Okay. I was supposed to go to orientation in December because they have like for spring, spring classes, you go to earlier orientation. And she emailed me, and she said, you know, here's the orientation. I'm like, oh man. Well, I had an event the day the orientation was, and there was one, one last orientation, which was Friday night. And I was nervous to go. It's so hilarious. Like, I'm like, you know. I could talk to people all day long. I don't know if it was going back to school and me and school haven't been friends. (laughs) I don't know if it was the fact that I was facing my scholastic, you know, failures. I don't know what it was, but I just told Eddie on Friday when I was supposed to go, I'm like, it's not the people because I can do that all day long. I love to talk to people. I think it's the idea of school. Like, what if I'm still a seized get degrees girl? And my master's program, which I won't be because I think you th- you flunk if you get a C. So I can't do that. C's are off the table. I can never get a C again for the rest of my life. And I love a C. But just don't tell my kids that. That's how I grew up. That was, uh, you know, BC, before Christ over here, people. Anyway, so I'm like, you got to go with me. And so we go into this orientation. And I didn't know what to expect. Because I don't even remember, I don't even remember going to orientation, what was that, Uh, 20, like two or three years ago when I went to college the first time. So we walked in and I was like, oh my gosh, there's college kids here. With backpacks, and I'm looking around and I'm like, Why don't I have a backpack? Like, why didn't I I buy backpacks for my children to go to school? But I didn't have one, so I felt like a nerd already because I was ill prepared. You know, they have like 14 different colors of highlighter, which I do love a highlighter, but I didn't bring a highlighter. They have all this stuff, and then they're young and they're cute. And I'm like, You know, I don't feel old, but walking into that room, (laughs) I felt i literally felt like father time walking into the room and i'm like oh my goodness gracious so anyway i got over myself and i sat down at a table with other people that were old (laughs) and um struck up a conversation then i felt right at home because i was like oh okay you okay cool you don't have a backpack either. So that's cool. (laughs) Let's be friends and um, got to know, I think there's five people at our table and I'm one of these people that I'm like, I want to know everything about you. I want to know, I want to know everything, like bring it on, tell me what you got going on in your life. Why are you here? How did God bring you here? And so it was a really cool time. But then I went and met with my advisor (laughs) who was just, it's weird guys, it's weird. And sat down and there was something spiritual that happened in that room. He probably felt none of it. Okay. He probably was like, you know, (laughs) this girl is way too emotional for life, but he's an older guy and I could tell he walked with the Lord. He had a very kind spirit. Eddie was in there with me and, you know, he's in there with me to make sure I don't sign up for 15 classes of (laughs) Masters of Divinity because I get so excited because I want to take them all at the same time so he just kind of talked me through what the process looked like. And you know, he, it was just really, really a special time where I felt like he was, he said, I know what you're doing. I can see your heart and we want to help you with your goals. And it was just so, so, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's It just was a special time. I almost cried four times while I was sitting there because I was like, Lord, you're actually doing this for me. Like, you're actually giving me this gift. And I feel kind of like I'm doing like a redo because my first, well, college wasn't bad, but high school was a joke. I don't know. I'm really, really excited about where we're going. And we talked about women in ministry. And I said, one of the reasons I want to do this is because Any woman in ministry should feel the freedom to go get her masters of divinity at seminary where she's going to sit with potentially a whole room of men. Any woman should feel the freedom to get her doctorate in theology if that is what God is calling her to do. And so he really loved that and I felt really supported by him. So it was cool. Cried all the way home. Eddie and I, Eddie was laughing at me (laughs) in a good way in a sweet way, not like ha ha you moron. No, he was, it was very sweet. So I'm super excited. Pray for your girl. I start classes next Monday night and um, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I might quit. No, I won't quit. I'm really excited to take all that and implement it in what we're doing. I'm going to be using this stuff like in real time. So anyway, that's what's happening in my life. Praise God for God praise God for his good gifts that he gives to his children I love it okay I will see you after the break don't go anywhere it's gonna be good I'll see you in a sec every day a new day yeah
2: vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day yeah let's go x y z a yeah Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go.
0: Okay, guys, we are back. The moment we have all been waiting for, especially your girl, okay? Last week, we started this series to begin the new year called this, If God Did It For Them, He Will Do It For Me. If God did it for them, he will do it for me. And I kind of launched this series with just kind of putting thoughts in your head, some of you guys, I felt compelled to do this, and the Holy Spirit was compelling me to do this because He sees what I don't, and I've, I'm very aware of this culture that we live in, where we see in real time people getting pregnant, real pregnancy tests. I scrolled through Instagram the Explore page the other day, and there was like people that were like, that, you know, haven't been able to get pregnant for 15 years, and here's a positive test, and they show their test, like their, you know, their test. <laughs> so gross. Anyway, in real time, we're seeing engagements. In real time, guys, we're seeing men get down on their knee and propose to their whatever. In real time, we're seeing wedding ceremonies. Okay. And then in real time, we see people struggling with divorce and people struggling with child raising children and, and, you know, all of those things. But It seems to me like we watch from afar successes in other people's lives, and I know some of us look at our lives and say, why is that happening to them and it's not happening to me? What is it that they have that I don't? Why does God seem to do that for them and not for me? And that was kind of the heart of what we launched. We talked last week about this passage of scripture in 2 Kings 6. Uh, We talked about the lepers saying, why not? Like, let's stop waiting. Let's go and let's go um, see if the Arameans in, in 2 Kings will accept us. They were lepers, so they knew that they couldn't go in Samaria because of the law. They had to stay at the gate. So they kind of had a conversation with themselves and said, why not? Why don't we try something different? Why don't we try something new? And God did something for them that is written in the pages of scripture, I believe, to encourage us because they were outcasts. So if God did something spectacular for them, which is provide to, for them through the Aramean camp, won't he do that for you? So that was the whole heart of launching this series. I want you guys in 2024 to look at this year. And as I gave you our phrase of the year, God is my strength. God is my defender. God is my fortress. God is my provision. A lot of times we pray, God, give me strength and god wants to be your strength so god is going ahead of us this year he's fighting battles for us this year that we don't even know exist and last week we talked about you know god had already fought the battle for these four lepers they just had to show up and see that it was already done okay this week i want to stay loosely in that same vein but i want to talk about the faithfulness of god god did it for them he'll do it for me But I want to talk about the fact that God is going to be faithful to you, his child, even when it looks like he won't. God actually downloaded this to me uh, yesterday as I was thinking through what exactly what angle I wanted to take on this part two. And when you think of why isn't God doing it for me? He's doing it for them. It's really a deeper question that you have inside of you. If you're looking at other people and saying, God's doing it to them. He's faithful to them. Why isn't he faithful to me? It's actually what you're saying is I don't believe you're going to be faithful to me and I'm mad at you or frustrated at you because it seems like you're being faithful to them. And here I am struggling and I just don't see any end in sight. I want to talk to that person today that, yeah, maybe you've scrolled through Instagram and saw the weddings and all the things and all the financial provision and the new car. I saw some, like, 14-year-old get this really crazy sports car. And I'm looking at this going, she can't even drive yet. Like, I spent way too much time in research for this. (laughs) She can't even drive yet. I'm like, where is her? What is happening? I mean, God bless. Like, no judgment. But Why didn't I get a car like that when I was 14? I drove a 1980 Mercury Lynx that had the crushed velvet head. It was, I don't know what it was. What is that head like fabric? There was no leather seats back then. No one could afford that coming down so i'd use push pens to keep the lining up that's what i drove when i turned 16. it was free someone gave it to us i didn't have any money free was good so i drove that mercury Lynx until i hopped a railroad crossing and my bumper fell off and then it was never the same since but it was a really good car yeah i made it cute even with my cute little push pens. but i didn't have a sports car when i was 14. And this girl, she's like got two years. Like she's about to get her her permit and she's, I'm like, what is happening? You know, but sometimes when we look at those images, the enemy wants to plant this idea in our head, not that, why aren't you doing it for me? The translation of that in your spirit is God is not going to be faithful to me. So rather than saying, if he did it for them, he'll do it for me, I want to reinforce the fact today, let's look singularly at your life. And I want, I have a message for you today that these pages of scripture are going to support God will be faithful to you, even when it looks like he won't be, that is your message. Even when what we're seeing and what we're experiencing with our eyes and with our trials, even when they scream the opposite, he will, because we're his children, if you are a child of God, he will. Be faithful, because that is his name. In Revelation, he calls himself the faithful and true. It's the only place in the Bible that that name of God is mentioned, the faithful and the true. When he comes back, he's going to come back with an army, and he calls himself the faithful and the true. He will be faithful. Any other thought process that contradicts that truth is a lie, he will be faithful to you. But when we're going through something devastating, that's easier to say than to believe. I want to read. Now, we're going out of order here. Okay. This is actually the beginning portion of what I talked about last week. I mean, you know, we're going out of order because why not? It's cool. It's the Audemars show. We can do whatever we want. Second Kings 6. I told you last week that there was uh, the Arameans came in. They saw Samaria. I basically waged war against it. But they went and they pillaged the whole city. Okay. So they went in and they took everything from them. And the Sumerians were living in, I would say it was even more than poverty. (laughs) They were in starvation mode. So much so that, yes, the Bible does say this, a couple of ladies ate a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You can read that for yourself. It makes me, my stomach turn. I can't even hardly read it, but this is what the Bible says. So we're going to go with that. That's how bad it was. At that time, a donkey's head, because there was so much famine and so much starvation and so much terrible things happening, a donkey's head, which has no meat on it, was sold for 80 shekels of silver, which is a lot. Of money. And also, it was considered by Jewish law unclean to eat the donkey's head. But things were so bad that they were eating. This is so gross. I'm sorry. Like, if you're eating Chipotle, just take a second. They're, they're taking these heads. They're buying them for 80 shekels of silver, and that's how they're surviving, okay? It also said that a fourth of a cab of dove's dung. I know, this is a really gross passage. I'm sorry. But it's here, and it's awesome. So we're going to go through it. Was sold for five shekels of silver. Now, a bird pooped in my car the other day, and I'm telling you what. There is no way I'd be paying for that unless I was completely desperate, I guess. That is the state that these people were in. It did. It did. I had the sunroof open because it was warm in Texas the other day. And my family was in the car. And all of a sudden, something came right through the sunroof. And I'm like, guys, did you see that? And they're like, no, we didn't see that. And then Moses, of all people, saw it. And it was disgusting. And it was right in front of me. And I had sat there for like 20 minutes with it right in front of me. Anyway, I'm not paying for that. Unless I had to. Okay? So that's the state of Samaria, okay? The king of Israel, verse 626, the king of Israel was passing by, walking through Samaria, on a wall, and a woman cried out to him, saying, help me, Lord. Now, this is the woman and the kid, and they ate him, and it was disgusting and extremely horrible. Help me, my Lord, O king. 27, listen to what the king of Israel says here. I want you to listen to him. He said, if the Lord does not help you, from where shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? He's basically saying, I can't help you, lady. (laughs) Which it's pretty crazy that he, in this moment, acknowledges that he is not the help. He is not the God. He is not God. People are looking to him for help. He understands how horrible things have gotten in Samaria. And he's saying, I can't help you. Just because I'm king, you think I can help you? I can't. We need a movement of God. That's what we mean. And you can hear in this statement, if the Lord does not help you, from where shall I help you? If he ain't doing it, how in the world do you think I'm going to do it, lady? There's a bitter tinge in his voice. Jehoram was his name. There's a bitter tinge in his voice. He said little, but what he said, said a lot. If God isn't helping you, I can't help you either, lady. And she proceeds to tell him how bad things actually had gotten. I want to pick it up in verse 30. When the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. Now he was passing by on the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth underneath on his body, which meant he was in total mourning. Like he was like, Oh my goodness gracious, I just heard this horrible story that this woman had to eat this person, and I cannot deal any longer. Okay. Then he said, may God do so to me and more also if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. There was complete devastation in this land. You ever go through something like Job, we just did a series on Job, and you just kind of like, you're almost speechless. Now, if you've not lived that yet, just keep living. It'll come. <laughs> I think of this with parents who have children who you know they're diagnosed with something, or just when multiple trials kind of come all at the same time, just like with job, or you know you you do this great startup business and then twenty twenty hits. <laughs> bye, <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> We were talking to someone the other day and they're like, yeah, we did this great startup. We're so excited about it. And then 2020, we're like, say no more, (laughs) say no more. Complete and utter devastation where there once was life. There once was promise. And all of a sudden you're looking around at a situation of devastation, and your hope somewhere went out the window with one of the bad days, and you're looking at people that depend on you, maybe your children, maybe your spouse, I don't know, and you're saying, if God isn't gonna help us, how am I supposed to do anything about this? He's not coming through. We know that he can. We know that he has the power to come through. We've seen it. We've already seen it in our life. The nation of Israel, are you kidding me? These people, if God moved for anyone, he moved for them. They had the history of it. They had the inheritance that was given to them. But for some reason, in this moment, God was not changing the situation yet. Anyone ever been where this king's been? I know I have on multiple different occasions. There's an opportunity here that the king had. The king sees the hurting and the grief of his people suffering. And what he chose to do is opposite than what he should have chose to do. He began to look at them and blame God and the man of God for what was happening to them not the actual enemy, which was the Arameans, who came in and pillaged the city. He chose God as the villain. Let's read on. Verse 32. Now Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him. The elders of the city were sitting with him. Who wouldn't? (laughs) I would so be sitting with Elisha. I'd be like, dude, tell me everything you know. (laughs) They were sitting with him. And the king sent a man. Now listen, this is where it gets really good. A king sent a man from his presence, a messenger. But before the messenger came to him or Elisha, listen, he said to the elders, Elisha, so king sent a messenger. Elisha said, do you see the son of a murderer? Uh, do you see how the son of a murderer has sent to take away my head? Okay. The king's mad. He wants to take his head off of his head. He sends a messenger to tell Elisha just that. But Elisha knows he's coming. How does he know that? The spirit of the living God. Do you see how the son of a murderer has sent to take away my head? Look. Elisha says, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door shut against him is not the sound of his master's feet behind him. Now, Elisha is telling all these elders, the messenger is coming. And when he comes, I want you to bring him in and shut the door because the king's behind him and he's going to take my head off. Okay. Okay. While Elisha was still talking with them, behold, the messenger came down giving a message from the king to Elisha. That that is his job, messenger with a message. And he says this, behold, this evil is from the Lord, blaming God. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? This sentence made my blood turn cold why should i wait for the lord any longer and just like i said last week i feel like this is where you guys we got to get out of this mindset that god is not going to be faithful to us we've got to get out of the mindset that oh my gosh he did it for them How, how come he's not doing it for me this same mindset is contagious this mindset of God's not going to bless me. He's not going to come through for me. Well, he did it for you, but he doesn't answer my prayers like that. Well, he, you're getting married. Well, I can't find anyone. I'm going to be single forever. Well, you're having a baby. Well, I've been waiting for, uh, you know, 20 years to have a baby. It's not going to happen for me. This sentence, made my blood run cold, because right there, we know the king of Israel had completely forfeited his faith and chose to make God the villain of the story rather than plead for the mercy of God so that God could come in and restore the city in his time and in his way. I'm not saying that things were bad. They were incredibly, incredibly bad. And I actually understand the perspective of the king of Israel right here. But we've got to watch ourselves. We cannot get to the point where we throw up our hands and we say this. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to take God out of the equation. I'm going to start doing things my way this is not working i don't see you coming through i'm mad at you because you didn't come uh, through in my timetable in my way i'm not waiting for you anymore i'm going to take it into my hands i'm going to do something because i feel like i could produce and god you're not going to it made my blood run cold i'm going to tell you a story years ago this is long time ago and i will never do this again. I don't think I've ever told this story before. Partly because I'm completely ashamed of it. My team had flown to do a conference. And I have repented from this very thing. I mean, this is a solid 15 years ago. Okay, this happened. It'll never happen again. And it hasn't since. Flew my whole team to do a conference. It was amazing. But my team had poured out so much in this conference. I mean... We came from all over the country. We'd all left our families. I mean, it's incredible when you have a team that's like, I mean, when we were traveling for conferences, it was a sacrifice for these people to get on planes and leave their babies, you know, uh, to come and and do ministry. And so I kind of, as a leader, you kind of have to live in that tension of there, people are sacrificing to be, now we paid them, some of them, not all of them, a lot of them were volunteer But they traveled across the country and they were there and they do intense work on their days off. Like they would request days off from their actual job to come and to work for us. Or if they were working for us, a lot of times they had another part-time job and, you know, the thing. So I will never forget, we had poured so much heart into it. I mean, we had planned for this thing for months and all this thing. We had a great turnout and it was awesome. But the last session, I just didn't feel like they were getting it. And I had prayed, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to make something happen. True story. (laughs) And so I took the mic. I don't know what I said. And people responded. But I knew in that moment, I didn't trust God enough to come in and do what he wanted to do. I took matters into my own hands. I left, conference left. No one knew the difference. I knew in my heart, though, I, could, I knew. I came home and I got before the Lord, you know, thinking, and oh, what a great conference. You know, this is, this is a split second decision. This is not like I'm like, you know, premeditating. You know, <laughs> I'm going to choose myself over the Lord. That's it's none of those things, okay? In a split second, I chose, I'm not going to wait for God. I'm going to make something happen myself. I got before the Lord, he said, you know what you did. I said, I know what I did. Repented was extreme. I'm still embarrassed about it. No one, I don't think I've ever told this story so nobody knows about it, except now you all do. So that's great. (laughs) But leaders need to be honest. I mean, we're, we're people. We do dumb things like that. All of a sudden, prayed and repented. I think it was the next, it was soon after. I struggled with three or four months of debilitating back problems. I went to doctors, I went to all sorts of things, kind of came out of nowhere. It was like immediate, instant, and, you know, everyone's like, "You you wear high heels? Well, of course I did. So we could blame it on anything, but deep down in my spirit, I knew God was trusting me and I proved myself in that moment, not trustworthy. I didn't want to wait. For what he could potentially do. So I took matters into my own hands. Sometimes we get to a point of desperation. If you're honest with yourself. Where things look so bleak, and you're so tired, and you're so exhausted, and you're so like, God is not showing up in this situation, that you will choose that guy, that you will choose that substance, that you will choose that whatever, because you just need something, because somewhere in your spirit, you don't believe that he's going to be faithful to you this time. This evil is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Why should I wait since that time, or just as I made that that decision in that moment, you know all those years ago, I did a lot of stupid things when we first started off ministry and made a lot of stupid decisions, thankful for the grace of God. I realized in that moment, had I just waited another minute? <laughs> two minutes, three minutes. Who knows what God could have done? But my attitude and need to control squashed what he could have done because I didn't wait for the Lord longer. This made my blood run cold because I'll never do that again, and I learned my lesson that time. But I just wonder how many of you are teetering right on that edge, and maybe that's been a thought in your head. Why should I wait for the Lord? How could things get worse than this? Eating donkey's heads. Why should we? What's the point? How could he turn all this around so quickly? Let me tell you something about my God. This place of devastation, this place of complete wilderness, this, this place that desperate place, that vulnerable place, that place where finally the veneer of your faith has worn off and you get some real, God gets some real emotion out of you. Oh, they're not a robot. they actually do have blood pumping through their be- veins. Oh, they're not programmed to say just a bunch of Christian words that all rhyme and make sense. Oh, this place, the vulnerable place. When you say what you're actually thinking and you don't paraphrase it with, Oh, let go and let God, and God is good all the time. And all those things are great to say. But times when you are in complete devastation, like Samaria was facing, God got to the core of King Jehoram, and he was about to make a point. I don't want you fake. I want to hear how you actually feel. And this vulnerability, I believe, instigated an amazing miracle that no one ever talks about. Then Elisha said, he said, uh, the messenger said, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Per the king. That's what he was saying. Then Elisha said, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Now, Elisha had a double portion of what Elijah had. So you know when Elisha steps up to the plate and he said, listen to the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord. It's going to be twice as powerful. It's going to be twice as crazy. It's going to be twice as, oh my goodness gracious, miraculous. We about to see a show because Elisha drips with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Oof. That transparency, when it comes out and it's real and it's raw and it's honest and it comes out with a challenge on why, why should I show me, Elisha, why, why should I wait? Give me one reason, Elisha. When that raw honesty is actually brought to, in this case, the man of God or God himself, Thus says the Lord tomorrow, about this time, a measure of flour will be sold for a shekel, which is nothing compared to what a donkey's head was going for, which was 80 shekels of silver, two and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. (laughs) Thus says the Lord tomorrow. Now, I wonder what those elders in the room were thinking. Are they looking around like "Okey dokey"? <laughs> no one dared say anything. They're like, "This is Elisha. We're just gonna shut up and we're gonna let the man of God with the double portion do his thing." But Okey dokey, the royal officer, verse two. Hang here. The royal officer, on whose hand the king was leaning, answered the man of God and said. The elders didn't say a word, but this guy, he opened his mouth. Behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? Then he said, behold, Elisha said, behold, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. I really want you guys to just take a minute and a little bit more to go. What you're feeling in this why should I wait for the Lord any longer comes out of probably an authentic place because you just really do feel like God has left you. I feel like we have some misdirected anger. Can I just be bold as your sister over here or your mama, whatever you need today. I feel like we have some misdirected anger. And I was, as I was praying for this and Lord, give it to me how you gave it to me earlier. The term misdirected anger started coming to my mind. The king blamed the prophet and God rather than blaming Aram. A lot of times we direct our anger at God rather than blaming, can I say it, a bad decision. We direct our anger at God rather than blaming the leader in the church that actually hurt you. We point our anger at God rather than taking responsibility of something that maybe we should have. The misdirected anger that here was put on God was not God's fault. Uh, He allowed it. But it wasn't God's fault. And I feel like it's the exact weapon that Satan wants to use to separate you from the greatest gift of all time, anger towards God, not toward the appropriate place. Someone looked at me the other day. Well, it wasn't the other day, but someone looked at me and said, dot, 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 you're angry with yourself. In the context that they, were, they said this to me, and I'm not going to forget it any time ever, probably. I'll take it with me till I die. I felt the need to be defensive, to defend myself. <laughs> but when they said it, thank God, I was able to not say anything. Because I knew the anger that I had pointed at God was actually just anger at myself for making a decision. That I knew I shouldn't have made. I needed to forgive me and let God off the hook. A lot of times when we look at other people and we think, God is doing it for them, but he's not doing it for me. Like I said at the beginning, we're thinking to ourselves, he's not going to be faithful to me. Oh, he's faithful to them. Translated, somewhere along the way, you've built up a barrier of anger that's blocking you from truly believing that he'll come through for you in a specific way. Too much? Do you hate me now? Are you logging off? (laughs) Misguided and misdirected anger was heavy on my heart today. And what I want you guys to do is to acknowledge it. When she told me that, I said, you know what? I could say a lot of things right here, but I'm going to say this. You're right. I am mad at myself. I need to deal with that. And all of a sudden, God was off the hook because he didn't cause what I was dealing with, but he was getting blamed for it because it was easier to blame him than look at what I had done. (sighs) Misdirected anger. This is in my notes. I'll go to my notes now. (laughs) Is where the enemy wants to keep you. It's a trap. You're trapped in misdirected anger. What Elisha says here is so incredible because he basically accepts the challenge that King (laughs) Jehoram says, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Well, tomorrow, flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley uh, for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. That's why. God's about to do something Instantly to change this entire situation around. The royal officer on whose hand he was leaning answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord should make the windows of heaven, could this thing be? Then he said, Behold, you'll see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Now, let me fast forward a little bit. This conversation happens, okay? Um, I'm not fast forward, let's rewind. Do you remember last week? It immediately cuts to 2 Kings 7, verse 3. Now, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? God makes a statement through Elisha to the messenger. He says it to a whole room. This is going to happen. All of a sudden... These four lepers men are like, we ain't sitting here until we die. We're going to go to the Arameans camp. We're going to see what's going on there. Let me just catch you up on what happened. They arose at twilight, these four lepers, arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans. And when they got to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord interesting, had caused the army of the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and a sound of horses, even the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, behold, the king of Israel, who just told Elisha, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Behold, the king of has hired against us kings of the Hittites and kings of the Egyptians to come against us. Therefore, they arose, fled in twilight, left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp, just as it was, and fled for their life. Now, when this happened, they left everything. Therefore, the lepers come in. They, you know, have themselves some beef stew or whatever it was that was sitting there waiting for them. They go back, and we're going to talk about this next week. I don't really want to give it away too much, but they go back and they tell the king, okay? Everyone goes, they end up pillaging the Aramean camp. We'll talk about that next week. But I want to pick it up in 2 Kings 7 to close it out. 2 Kings 7, 16. So the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. Then, just like Elisha said, A measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king appointed the royal officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him at the gate and he died, just as the man of God had said who spoke when the king came down to him. It just happened, just as the man of God said, verse 18, uh, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel will be sold tomorrow about this time of the gain of Mary. Verse 19, then the royal officer answered the man of God and said, now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, Could such a thing be? And he said, behold, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat of it. And so it happened for the people trampled him on him at the gate and he died. Okay. This is an incredible ending to this story. The king says, why should we wait any longer? And Elisha answered it. Thus says the word of the Lord. Tomorrow you're going to be delivered. That's why you should wait. Because you don't know when deliverance is coming. Can you wait just a little bit longer? I know what you see, but maybe God is stretching your faith. You don't have one of those faiths that's like, uh, you know, cushy or weak or no. You've got one of those faiths that needs to be stretched because God's got a great plan for you. That's in the future. And you got to go through this so you can believe for that. Why should you wait? Because I'm about to do something that's going to be so legendary. It's going to be put in the pages of the Kings. And everyone is going to have a chance to read of it who gets their hands on the Bible. Why should you wait? Because you want to be the guy (laughs) that's not trampled at the gate who doubts. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be the guy that has a testimony that says, you know what? It was hard to believe, but I believe it. You want to be the guy with the testimony. You want to be the guy on Instagram that said, I was watching all of these people have babies and get engaged and get married and get healed. And I thought, that's never going to happen to me. And then it did. You want to be that guy because God is not the enemy, He's good. And he is focused on you and he is focused on your situation. Isn't it interesting that as soon as he said, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Immediately, Elisha gave him a word. What you need right now is not to give into your feelings or your emotions or Instagram. What you need to do is fall on your face before the Lord and say, God, I don't know why I should wait, but what I need from you is a word. So Lord, give me sustain me and see what he does. Change that anger to faith, even if it's so small, because he is faithful. And what he did for them, he'll do for you. Lord, we love you today. I love this passage of scripture. I'm obsessed with it. I thank you for giving it to me. It is literally bread from heaven. I pray right now that it would just encourage and minister to those that listen. I pray that it would challenge those that need to be challenged with it, Lord. And Lord, we say you are good. Those that are in hard situations right now, God, I pray for your abundant mercy. I pray that you would give them a word, just like you gave Elisha to give the king here. I pray for those that know that they have misguided anger. God, I just pray that you would meet them there. Meet them right there, Lord. I pray that they wouldn't run. I pray that you'd meet them right there. You are so good. Do a work in their lives today because of what they've heard from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. I'll see you in a sec.
2: Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, expect. Y-Z-A. Yeah.
0: the potential for god to change lives is clear autumn miles has a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think the autumn miles show and autumn miles ministries are 100 percent listener supported by those who have already been blessed by god's word would you like to see others experience the change that you have already experienced Consider being a financial partner with this life-changing ministry. Simply go to autumnmiles.com and click the donate tab. While you're there, check out all the aspects of this dynamic
2: work. Thank you for supporting Autumn with your prayers and by being a financial partner. God bless you. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go, X Y Z A. yeah.
0: Hey guys, okay, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. <laughs> I just told our production team, I mean, this this pastor scripture is ripping me apart in the best way, in the best way. But everything I read, I'm like, oh my goodness, that has so been me. Like, I need, I need this word, so... Um, Okay, so let's get to I want to do the testimony first because it is so cool. And I want my production team to really listen up for this. I know they're all muted and you can't hear them, but they're all here. They're all listening along and say a prayer for them because they're pretty awesome people. Okay, it says this, your podcast totally changed my life. And I don't have a name here, which I hate because I would totally give you a shout out. I was able to forgive the man who abused me. I've stayed clean. I've grown closer to the Lord to the point where I actually left my home in West Virginia, and I took a leap of faith and went to North Carolina to help my friend do ministry work. When I listened to your Job series, I was struggling with quitting smoking. I've been trying to quit since June, 2023. I listened to this in October, 2023 and listening to Job, I don't even remember the exact word you said, but listening to you, the Holy Spirit came over me and I threw cigarettes out my window. (laughs) i love that and then she says don't judge me for littering (laughs) which i also think is awesome (laughs) no judgment here girl no judgment here i'm so sorry i haven't smoked again i had started smoking when i was 14 years old and now i'm 45 I do want to circle back to forgiving my abuser. I've been married to a man who abused me, and I really struggled to forgive. And I read, I am Rahab, and I was able to give him grace and forgive him because God let me know that he was a product of what he had grown up with. I thank you for everything that you do and for listening to the Lord. Y'all, I cannot tell you how precious that was to read. Thank you for that encouragement. I know you're there. But when I hear something like that, I mean, you throw your cigarettes out the window. (laughs) I love it so much. But you live free. You get to forgive the man who abused you. I understand. I lived in the tension of forgiveness and unforgiveness for a long time, too. And you have ministered to me today. So thank you for that. You have ministered to my spirit today. Sometimes you just need to know that the Lord is using what you're doing. And this was such a confirmation, I know, to me and Amanda this morning. And I know the production team is listening quietly as we record here. So thank you so much for that testimony. That is amazing. I have an interesting question from a listener who I just love. She's an OG. She's she's listened for a long time. She has a question about signs. Now, we talked about signs for the Christmas series. The sign I asked for, she said, was to see a cardinal on a certain tree outside my work window. Cardinals are her sign that God has um, met with her. He sees her or whatever. Mine is the word jubilee. And we almost named Haven Jubilee, but we didn't. And God has really used that word in my life out of Leviticus, 25 years and lots of times for confirmation for lots of different things. So it's like her little God kiss to see a cardinal. She knows God's with her, you know, uh, whatever it is. She asked for a sign to see a cardinal on a certain tree outside her work window. But then there was a period of time where she didn't see cardinals. She asked God for this sign for this cardinal outside her work window. And one day on a Sunday, she went to her work, which she doesn't work on Sundays. And she sat there in the parking lot, I think. And as she sat there, two cardinals showed up, but it was in a different tree, not the specific tree that she had asked for. And she's asking me, I need someone else to interpret. Is this truly a sign from God? Is this a message that he has been sending me with a cardinal, a sign that I shall be healed? Any interpretation or help with this would be appreciated as well as prayer for me and my family. I want to say this right here. You know, God gives signs the way he wants us to see him. Okay. She prayed for one cardinal. There was two. It was in a different tree. I think... You know, when you're looking at signs and we're asking God for something specific and he, you actually go on a Sunday, you sit down and you see two cardinals. Personally, I would have said, I see you, God, and I would have gone home with a happy spirit. I definitely understand why you didn't. If it was in a different tree, it wasn't exactly the way you asked. I would say to you, when you have a question, I would say to you, follow it up with another request. To me, you showing up on a Sunday, Cardinals are weird in the winter. We don't see Cardinals in the winter. I mean, I don't. Maybe you do, but we don't see Cardinals. We see them in the spring. time. We actually have a family of Cardinals that live outside of our door. But for me to show up on a weird day and see two Cardinals, I'd be like, I see you, God, I got you. But if that's not specific enough, ask again and see what he does. I do think it's really interesting. You're talking about signs. I'm not like I would never choose like an image of a cardinal ever to be on an image of anything. (laughs) But we have someone that does our images. And it's very interesting to me when when Amanda was reading this to me that you said cardinal because the very images that she made about this sign series were images of cardinals so when i read this i thought wow i wonder if this person saw the mr images so why don't you go to my social media and look and see how many cardinals there are on specifically on this series on our feed you will find a lot of them because that's just the angle that the lady who is doing our social media went with so To me, I felt like God said, there's cardinals all over the place. I'm trying to tell her. I'm trying to tell her. That's what I was feeling, especially because cardinals are how we marketed this on social media. And maybe that's the sign that you need. I don't know. Very good question. I loved it. Last thing, and then we will be done. What are my thoughts to end on a high note on, and this is more personal, breakfast. Would I choose coffee cake with a frappuccino or bacon and egg and cheese with coffee? Definitely bacon, egg and cheese with coffee. I don't like sweet stuff in the morning. It makes my stomach hurt. So I always get protein and coffee, nothing sugary. My kids would all differ with that, but that's the way their mama rolls. Love you guys so much. Have an amazing, amazing week. I will meet you right back here next week with day three of If God Did It For Them. He's going to do it for you. Love y'all. See you then.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of the Autumn Mile Show.